Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. Welcome to the What I Wish I Knew podcast by Dental Head Start. My name's Chidam Kippel, and today we're talking about investing early in our careers as dentists. We all know that time has the greatest long-term impact on returns on our investments. And it's these early few years in our career that represent a pretty special window that shouldn't be missed if we really want to take full advantage of the opportunity to leverage our investments over time. So in this podcast with Dr. Rowan Krishnan, we discuss some of the smart moves that young dentists or young professionals can make early in their careers to unlock the lifestyle that they aspire to and one that they can sustain as long as they get these early few moves right. Okay, Rowan, we're very lucky to have you today here to talk about a subject that's really relevant to uh, to young Australian dentists. Um, you briefed me on this idea a little while ago, and it actually had an impact on me. It's about wealth management. And as young dentists, how so many of us maybe don't um, fully capitalize on our very unique position. As dentists, we are fortunate enough to have a, a much higher than average income. Um, some of us take advantage of this to build wealth over our careers, and that just doesn't just mean it's all about, you know, putting away the acorns, but it's it's about, I guess, gaining freedom over life and freedom to spend your resources, your time, your wealth um, on other things. But you raise this as an interesting topic we should talk about and there was so much to talk about so where do we begin why did you um think that this would be a good one for the podcast yeah look massive topic chidam um massive massive topic but so relevant to so many um look I'm going to try and simplify this into lots of binary situations if I can because I think that's the only way we can go about this it's a bit like, you know, one of those books that you read and it's sort of a choose your own adventure and it says if you want to do this, go to page six. If you want to do that, go to the next page. If you – the first thing I'd want people to consider is did you do dentistry or are you doing dentistry because you just love teeth or love working on teeth or you just wanted to do something and it's just something that you do, in which case it doesn't really matter – how you use your money or what you use your money for or are you someone that did dentistry because you had a, a lifestyle in mind? Did you have a, a castle that you wanted to build? Did you have a life that you wanted to build that dentistry was going to be your vehicle to get there? Because if you were in the former category, then flip to another podcast because I, 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 we can't deal with everyone in this one podcast. But what I can at least try and shed some light on is my insights into people who want to use dentistry as a vehicle to help build their lives, to make their lives better. So we make a lot of people's lives better uh, as as dental practitioners. It's, it's a really great privilege that we have in helping other people. And a lot of us get into, most of us got into dentistry 
with that in mind, whether that was a 5% amount of wanting to help people or 95% or 100% amount of that's why you got involved. Um, I won't accept 100% because you'd be doing volunteering if you wanted to 100% just help people and not earn any money. So we've got to look at the practical realities of life. But if you if you wanted to do dentistry to build a life for yourself, then keep listening. With that in mind and now with that out of the way, I think the thing that we've got to ask ourselves is what are we working for? Are we working to give ourselves more time to when we're retired to do things we want to do? Do we are we working to earn a life for ourselves now or are we lurking, working to build or are we working to build a life for our children and grandchildren or for someone else? I don't know. There's there's lots of different ways of looking at it. But I think we've got to ask ourselves the question, what do we want our life to look like? Once we've decided what we want our life to look like, then we can start to put the wheels in motion to try to get to the spot that we want to get to. The big thing for me when, I'm, when I was looking at this and the reason I, I sort of decided I wanted to speak to you about this, Chidham, is that I feel like the first, compared to other professions, and we have to compare other professions. I don't like comparing what dentists earn compared to other professions, but we have to do it. And we don't talk candidly enough about money earned and what we need to do to how to make our life work. And I think what we've got to understand is in dentistry, we cap out. Unless you're going to go and do something outside of dentistry in a business sphere or with multiple businesses or something completely different, you're going to cap out as an operational dentist, okay? Just like you would as an operational neurosurgeon, but the operational neurosurgeon is going to cap out at a much higher level than the average dentist. We only have one pair of hands. That's it, absolutely. So if you only have one pair of hands, right, what is it that makes dentistry a unique and um privileged profession and I suppose a a desirable one and if I have to answer that in one sentence I would say it's that we earn good money early on we earn good money relative to the other professions in the first upstroke five to ten years of our profession maybe even 12 to 15 now if we're going to harness that and really take the bull by the horns We've got to make hay while the sun shines. And this is a different way of thinking about it. You don't have to agree with how I think about this, but I've seen too many people drift through those through those first 10 to 15 years without really any purpose. They're just sort of doing, they're existing. And, you know, that can happen sometimes with life and the things that life throws at us. Honestly, I think it's people that are just stoked to have got through dental school. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what, it's... Uh, I remember when I first graduated, I was working a couple of days a week. I didn't go out looking for another job. I just liked the first private practice that I joined. And I was playing golf and going on holidays and hanging out with my mates. Um, some of them were still at uni. Some of them were working but had the time to, and we were going out and we were going to concerts and to the footy and I was playing footy. I loved my life. It was fantastic. Um, and if, if you want your life to be like that for the next 30 years, then again, stop listening to this podcast and just go live your life. But I think if you are using dentistry as a vehicle to propel your life into another sphere, 
you have to take that first 10, 15 years really seriously in terms of what you're doing with with your life, what you're doing with dentistry, what you're doing with your investments and how you utilize that to make use of the good income earning early doors. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes, and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. So let's then talk about the impact of time. It's an undervalued consideration. I don't know who I was talking to about this. I think a colleague at work or potentially you, compounding interest. Life is like, and I I always say, I did a talk the other day. I said, you know, you want to do your courses, your CPD courses early in life because doing a really important course that allows you to diagnose and treat something, the earlier you do it, the it's sort of like compounding interest you'll have a permanent return on an investment and it will only build from there so if we now talk about the impact of time what would you do differently or what would you recommend that other dentists be doing or not doing in those first few years yeah so so this is where i really think you can choose two two different adventures so the adventure number one is invest and it can sometimes be a little bit of grey, somewhere in between. But I think adventure, and that's probably the truth, is that you end up doing something in between these two binaries that I'm going to discuss. But the first one is you invest heavily in your education. So you're doing lots of upskilling, early doors. Um, you're spending time learning, 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 and you're putting together your entire repertoire of skills like you've done. You know, you've gone and become a fellow of the Royal College and you go and do more work in orthodontics and you more do more work in aesthetics and maybe in exos and in surgicals and whatever. And you build this repertoire where you're able to deliver a great number of services to your patients, okay? That's one way of going about investing in yourself. But again, there'll be a cap, Okay. But it's a great way of going about things. The second way of going about things is to say, I'm going to just work hard early on, commit myself to to working and working and working and working, um, not into the ground, and you've got to give yourself a break. I would highly recommend people to at least take two days off a week. Do you agree with that? I, I've never worked more than four days a week, and I don't think I could but um only because i do have to invest that um fourth fifth day in other things in education and it's just not possible to sustain but i think um uh the the most successful and highly i guess people who are really ahead in their careers i've never really heard of anyone working more than three four or five days a week yeah i mean i i work three and a half days a week now but at one stage i was doing 
five and a half days a week. And I I didn't feel it then, but I realized at some stage I was going to get to a point where I started to dislike dentistry. And I never got there, but it's such a it's a sobering thought when you think about a 30 or 40 year working career or you know 25 year work however long it's going to be to start disliking dentistry when you're in a, a, you know four or five years out or 10 years out so what i would say is so going back to the second point which is trying to just work hard and not concentrating too much on investing in too many other things early on in terms of yourself then what are you doing with that money because you're earning obviously good money you're working a lot you're not investing time into doing lots of CPD and upskilling, doing masters or doing a specialization. You're actually spending lots of time doing dentistry. What are you doing with that money? So either because you can't five, five and a half days is not sustainable. You just can't work like that for 30 years. It's dentistry is too demanding. And when we've decided to choose a profession like dentistry, where it is physically demanding and it is can be onerous at times, you want to make sure that you're making hay while the sun shines and you're committing that towards uh, an investment that's going to appreciate whilst you're sleeping. So whether that's property, these days crypto, EFTs, whether it's um, you know a, a business, um, you've got to look at ways of diversif- diversifying your income base um, to ensure that you are really well covered to to grow your wealth into the future. So um, super is another great way, just ensuring that you're able to put as much money into, into super as you can um, early doors so that when you um, when you do retire, you have the money to be able to, to retire and retire well. Another school of thought is not to put as much money into super now and use the money now to invest in something else that you think is going to have a bigger return on an investment. I'm not saying that you should do one or the other, but I'm saying that it is so critical in those first 10 to 15 years what we do with our money and how we utilize our time. Because once we get to that 10 or 15-year mark, dentistry as a career profession, I'm sorry to say, is is a very good uh, income earner. But you know, lawyers, accountants, engineers, doctors, they all have sort of a almost a uncapped ceiling on their earning potential. Whereas if you're a dentist simply doing operational dentistry, not a business owner, not going into any other extraneous corporate roles or anything like that, you are limited. And I think I didn't realize that until I was halfway through the first decade of my practicing career. And it's something that I'd love to at least if no one, if people can take something away, if the one thing that they do take away is to make use of that first decade of their practicing career, take it seriously and actually take steps towards um, whatever goal they have in terms of their life goal for what they want to reach. If I could uh, put you in a time machine and get you to go back and talk to young Rowan, you know, the one that's drinking beer at the footy and going to concerts and, you know, dancing in the club, what would you do differently um, thinking back to your first? And, and by the way, how many years have you been out of university? I think it's been 10 years now I've been out of university. So let's go back a decade. What would you do differently? So I think, look, I'm pretty happy with where I've landed, but if I could do things a little differently, I think I would have upskilled harder. So I would have gone the route that you're talking about. and The grass is always greener, but I would have probably gone and done 
medicine and, and gone into MaxFac or I potentially would have done a postgrad law degree and given myself a really unique skill set. So when I take on uh, further roles in the governance space, I'm better equipped in, in that regard. So um, I think early education is something that you just can't go past in, in my mind. But if I was to do what I did again, that is do dentistry and go into private practice, I think I would have bought more properties <laughs> because, and that's just the benefit of hindsight, but it just shows you how important it is that you utilize your money towards things that are going to give you real freedom when, when you get um, further into your career, where you don't feel like you have to work um, a nine to five, four days a week or five day, days a week because you set your life up for the future by the early decisions that you've made early on in your career. What about um, buying your family home? There's lots of mixed opinions about there, about, you know, the timing for that or whether you should prioritise um, other investments. Obviously, it depends on your, your personal circumstances, but do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, so um, I think if you look at property in Australia and in Sydney specifically, but a lot of the metropolitan cities like Brisbane and Melbourne, Canberra, Property is becoming almost sort of unattainable these days. Um, it's so hard to crack into almost any property market. Um, if you have the opportunity to secure a property, I think it's a great thing to be able to do. But my advice to young practitioners would be to think a little bit laterally now, just with where things are headed in, in terms of property and all the rest of it, and to say, how can I maximize my income? The one thing with property is that it is a great wealth generator. But the thing with property is it can be crippling. You're tethered to that mortgage and then you have to work. It makes it much more difficult for you to be able to go back and study. And sure, you can sell property, but it's not as liquid as other assets. Investing in ourselves and investing in businesses give us a much greater return on investment. If you look at the rate of return on an average dental practice, it's somewhere between probably the average ones are sort of between 10 and 15%, uh, and the good ones can be anywhere between 25 and 30% return, whereas your average property might be 2 or 3% return on investment annually or a little bit more if you're lucky. So it depends what, strategy, what your strategy is. And what your lifestyle is like. Again, what sort of life do you want? If you want to be based in Sydney, you want to live in Sydney, you want to have a, a big family um, and lots of pets and you want to live out um, somewhere in the suburbs of Sydney that are, that are quite expensive, you're going to have to sort of say, what steps am I going to have to take to get there? Am I going to buy, start off with a small property and then buy other properties you know, to then allow myself to leverage on the equity that I've gained? to then buy my dream place or am I going to buy a place, ride the property market, sell it for a profit, ride the property market, sell it again with increasing income to then buy my dream place? Is that what I want to do? Or is it something completely different? Is it going for high yield investments combined with super, combined with a little bit of a rental investment? There are so many different ways to skin the cat and the answer to that is, what you want from your life and, and what, what it's going to make you happy. 
lots of people these days are actually buying property where they can afford and renting where they want to live. So an example of that is a friend of mine who bought property in the country recently and um, is is now their third property that they've bought, but they're all all the properties are under a million dollars. All the properties are rented, and so the the negative the the cash flow that's coming out of her pocket is actually almost neutrally geared. And then they're living in Bondi because they like to surf and they like the sort of upbeat lifestyle that Bondi has and it's close to family. So you really can fashion your passion. You got to make it, make of it what you will. But that person that I know that did that really took advantage of the first five to seven years of their, their career. Yeah, and um, will always have an asset that increases in in value. They get to live the lifestyle they want. Ha- if we'd flipped it around and they had purchased a property in Bondi first, they really wouldn't. Um, they'd be in a really completely different position a couple of decades on. Um, so I think that's that's a really really good point about you know, making some smart moves earlier on in life that can just have, you know, disproportionately, um, I guess, impactful differences later in life. Aligners are becoming an integral part of practice. And whether you are new to aligner therapy or an experienced practitioner, the opportunity is vast. But how do you do that well? And how do you do that profitably? Well, Dr. Jeff Hall and Dr. Jesse Green have got together to help you with both of these key problems in aligner therapy. Dr. Jeff Hall is going to teach you how to do clear aligners to a high standard and give you the confidence to be able to treatment plan and troubleshoot your patients. And Dr. Jesse Green is going to show you how to do this more efficiently, more profitably, and to get more patients like these into your practice. Solving these problems and getting you profitable in Clear Aligners is what Clear Aligner Excellence, their new education platform, is all about. It also gives you huge discounts on the Aligner Lab fees. There's almost no reason not to find out more. Clearex.com.au So what about for those who... You know, property is a bit. I mean, we always say property is weird, and don't we all wish we could go back 10, 15 years in Sydney and buy everything? Um, what are your thoughts around uh, non um, uh, property investments these days? Yeah, so I think non property investments are equally important. And the reason I say that is because as, as, as much as they may not seem um, as lucrative, um, they actually can be if you know what you're doing. And even if you don't know what you're doing, that's why there are financial advisors that we can employ to invest our money. And so I would say if you get nothing else from this discussion, I would l- implore you to to speak to, your, to an accountant or find some good accountants, find some financial advisors that you can speak to and get some advice about the best ways of maximizing your high income that you earn when you finish out of uh, out of dental school because um, it is a gift. Um, it's a privilege. You've worked hard for it, but you've got to put it to use. And so some of the areas that I would look at uh, are areas that are a little bit more 
slightly more higher risk with a higher yield. And the way that I would go about looking at that is ensuring that you have a really good diaspora of um, or, or, or sort of balanced portfolio of investments. So if you are going to go through the the high risk, high reward pathway, I wouldn't put all your eggs into that basket because then what we were just talking about in terms of the first five to 10 years, you could just throw away. So it's about making really responsible decisions and it's about you know splitting your income into investments that are diverse so that you are um, spreading your risk but also increasing your reward. Um, so whether that's looking at the share market and getting some advice on that, whether it's self-managed super fund, um, speak to your, uh, your financial advisors or accountant about that. Um, all of these options all of a sudden become an option for, for us to sort of go into. I mean, I was looking at a gym a few years ago with a mate of mine um, and a fitness gym because um, he's a bit of a fitness junkie. And just the, the, the return on investment there for a few years to, to, to work it up, to, to own the practice, to use our marketing skills that we have as, a, as dental practitioners that we already know works really well in private practice. Um, a lot of our um, Google um, AdWords search engine optimization, the marketing skills that we have, the people skills that we have, the community networks that we have, and having a gym that could then be transformed was something that I looked at until COVID hit. And then I found that maybe a gym wasn't probably the best option for me at that particular point in time given – um, the sort of environment that we were in with COVID. Yeah, and that also brought light to so many different investment types and how the importance of having uh, diverse investments, some which can weather um, a change in environment, like exactly the scenario you, you described, um, and other and others that, you know, some of them actually thrived, right? Um, yeah, so I think that's that's really important. You know, I read somewhere that they said retirement is not an age. It is the point at which your return on investments equals the amount it takes to live your lifestyle that you want. And that could be at any age provided that you make a few smart moves when you're young. So, um, yeah, I wish that was a, I wish that, again, I wish that was a subject in school or at uni. Um, we're learning it, you know, better late than never. Yeah, and and I think what you just said resonates so much with me, Chidham, because I don't feel like we have to work our entire lives to then finally be able to live the life that we want. We should be able to live the life that we want now. And so it's not about getting to a – for me, it's not about getting to a goal of let's just get to X point and then we retire and we live our life. It's about let's live our life now. And that might sound a bit contradictory to what I've been saying in terms of make use of the net first five to 10 years, but it really isn't. It's just about making concerted, decisive decisions about what you want your life to be, own it, stick to it and say, this is what I want it to be. This is what I want it to look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years. Have a plan, give yourself goals and make everything you do purposeful. Because if you make everything you do purposeful towards a goal that you're looking to achieve, you'll achieve it and you'll be achieving it on a day-to-day basis and it'll make your life more fulfilling and you'll actually be able to 
live that retirement life from day dot. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.